They clear out for Merrill. Tied at 56. Merrill for the lead. He's got it! Oh, my goodness. Five coming. Long. Blown coverage. Blown coverage. Touchdown, Utah State. Walking in is Aaron Vaughn. coverage. 43 seconds left. Utah State back in front. What's up, Aggies? Welcome back from Thanksgiving break. Whether you're back on campus, which I doubt it, uh, or you are sitting at home at your parents' house or wherever you may be, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of The Breakdown. My name is Cole Noel, and thank you so much for listening. I'm excited for this episode. It is a bigger episode just because there's a lot to break down. I also took a little time off just because of Thanksgiving break. Uh, I was out and about, and so there's a lot that's happened between now and the last recording of the episode that we were able to do and so i kind of just want to unpack everything just get everybody up to date with where we are at right now in aggie athletics um, like i said a lot has passed and in, in football and basketball so so let's get into it uh, first off we'll start here with football so since we last talked football has gone one and one uh, we did actually win the first game of our season which is fantastic. It happened on Thanksgiving Day, which is pretty cool for the guys. Um, we played a New Mexico Lobos team that, quite honestly, um, they're not too good. They haven't been for a little bit. They're dealing with a lot of issues right now. But a win is a win, and it, it felt really good to see this team come out with a win. Uh, so that was a 27-41 to 41 victory against New Mexico on Thanksgiving Day. And um, we saw a, quite a different team, to be honest. Uh, we did talk a little bit about Shelley's dismissal, Jason Shelley's dismissal at quarterback. Well, there's been a few other people to follow him. Uh, so not in a dismissed way. However, Devin Tompkins, the wide receiver who caught one of the coolest touchdown passes I've ever seen, he actually is in the transfer portal and will no longer be a Utah State Aggie. Uh, if you watch the games, he's the one that's pretty short, but very, very fast and has good hands. So Devin Tompkins is no longer an Aggie. Also, Jalen Warren, our star running back, is no longer an Aggie. And this one's a little bit different. For some reason, we just weren't playing him a lot. Uh, we were playing Devontae Henry Cole, and I don't I don't know what it was. I don't know if if he's a, a senior or a junior, I don't know. I'd like to, to learn a little bit more about his reason for dismissal, or not dismissal, excuse me, for his reason of leaving the program. Uh, we're going to miss him. Jalen Warren was a stud. But like I said, even when we did have him, we didn't use him all the time. We didn't use him on every down, on every carry. Uh, and we, we didn't even use him sometimes in certain games. So just some things that I have no idea why. However, that is a, a fact. Uh, let's see who else is gone. Um... Troy Lefjed, I believe, has left. He was on the defense, and he is now gone as well. So I'm sure I'm missing a, a few more people that have entered the transfer portal. This year is a little bit different because of COVID. It's kind of an open transfer portal. Uh, there's not going to be a penalty. Like normally if you transfer schools, you have to sit out a one-year. Uh, as far as I know, there's not going to be that one-year penalty. So you can be, be granted immediate eligibility and play wherever you go. So as all so far as I know, those guys haven't been picked up yet by another university, but I, 
you know, I'm not following them too much, to be honest. Cash Gilliam, another one that is left. And so we thank those guys for their time at Utah State, and we hope it was for the better that, uh, you know, maybe Coach Miley sat down him, sat down with them and talked to him and said, hey, look, guys, we're, we're, we need some help. We need some people to step up. And if you're not going to do it, we don't want you in this program. Uh, once again, I'm not going to I don't want to speculate and say that's what did happen. But as far as we know, those, those players have left. So this is a very different Utah State team than what we saw at the beginning of the season. Different head coach, different players. Andrew Peasley is now the starting quarterback. He looked phenomenal against New Mexico, although most offenses do. Um, we, we were able to put up 41 points, which was, I think, more than we had scored the entire season combined up to this point. So it was good to see that Andrew Peasley was able to throw for 239 yards and three touchdowns, and he was also able to rush for 118 yards with one touchdown. So pretty cool to see. And then we got brought back to reality last night, uh, Thursday, against Air Force. So Air Force is they're they're a good team. They've they've always been a good team. They're a run first team. They they if you follow Air Force football, they always have the option, the triple option that they run. It's because they, you know, they can't really recruit these athletes that can throw and catch and all these things. And so they they have this system that just works so well for them. They were two and two before playing us going into last night. They did get the victory. So they beat us 35 to 7. And it was uh it was brutal game. We were there. I was right there with my family watching the game. It was pretty cold. And it it was brutal. It was tough to watch because the very first drive we came down, we had like three third down conversions. We were moving the ball well. The play calling looked great. The execution looked great. Peasley was throwing on the dime. Uh, he was also running very well. Our running backs were picking up good yards. And pretty cool, uh, Jordan Nathan, who I believe is a senior and just played his last game in Maverick Stadium. He caught the touchdown pass on a great play right in the red zone. And it was awesome. It was great to see. And then we kicked the ball to them. And Air Force did what Air Force does. They ran the ball great against us. They were they were making blocks. Um, our defense did look all right. We actually held them to a fourth and 10. And they completed a pass right down the middle. What sucks is if you were watching the game on the uh, in, inside the Mav, inside the stadium, you thought it was an easy catch uh, and play. You were kind of, we were all kind of upset because it's, you know, that was fourth down play. And what sucks is if you're watching on the TV, you know that the guy actually never caught the ball. It went, hit the ground and then popped back, back into his arms. And so that sucks. I mean, that was fourth down and a, a big momentum swing. This, this entire game, honestly, the, the officiating crew was extremely frustrating to watch. Uh, we were giving them hell from the stands, and, and they deserved it, to be honest with you. Their Air Force's coach, Coach Calhoun, uh, he's a great coach, but at the same time, he is a very frustrating personality, and he was just barking at the refs all night long, and it was frustrating to see the, the calls keep going their way. So, I don't know, that's a little side tangent of what happened last night, but like I said, they completed the 4th and ten. And then the very next play, a uh, little pitch play, they they ran it into the end zone. And that was pretty much it. Uh, the story of the game, it just continued like that. Uh, we could not move the ball very well. We did get a couple first downs here and there. And then as soon as we'd get past the 50-yard line, we just couldn't do anything. And we ended up uh, punting or going for it and not getting it. 
And so it, it was quite, quite frustrating. And Air Force, like I said, they just continued to do what they, they, they do. They ran the ball very well. But what's also very frustrating is that they threw the ball well. So, you know, I don't know how to defend the option. I'm not a, a coach, a guru, or anything like that. However, I do know that if you're not going to defend the option, you got to at least defend the pass. You know, you got to do something. And we weren't doing it. The, the second touchdown they scored... Their wide receiver literally just ran straight. He did not do a juke move or anything. Our linebacker just let him go past him, probably expecting the safety to pick him up. And the safety just, I don't know what he was doing, but the guy ran right past him. It was just over the top, easy throw, easy throw, easy. And Air Force just continued to dominate for the rest of the night. And so it was very frustrating to watch. They had 461 total yards. They had 334 rushing yards. Uh, and they actually even had more passing yards with 127 to our 123 passing yards. So it, it was very frustrating. I am happy that we are now, you know, starting to move the ball a little bit well. I think that does go in part to all the, you know, everything that was going on with the team in the locker room and the however you want to say it. Uh, they were they were struggling, and I think we're starting to clear that some of that up. And now I think it's just pretty apparent that this Utah State football team just does not have the players that we need to compete at a high level. And a part of that is the fact that they are very young players, so they, they need time to develop. But last night, I saw Coach putting like these backup wide receivers in at cornerback and safety and linebacker and just trying something to get somebody to step up and make a play, and it just wasn't happening. So I do believe that, you know, at the beginning of the season and from everything that we are told, it, it was going to be a coaching problem if we failed. However, I think it's more and more apparent as the season goes on that this is just as much, if not more, a player problem than it is a coaching problem. Uh, you can have one or two great players on offense and defense, but if they're not inspiring, if they're not leading others to be better, you know, the other guys aren't going to do better and they're not going to be better. And so we are we are going to lose a couple of really great players after the season. Uh, Jordan Nathan, Nick Henniger, I believe Justice Tay is a senior as well. And uh, it's it sucks. It sucks to have to lose guys that have given their heart and soul to Utah State the past four years and have been through such an up and down. You know, the up with Jordan Love and his 11-2 and season and, and just how fantastic that was and then the down with this season, obviously. And so I don't know. It's it's gonna take a while to to rebound and to rebuild. Um, another frustrating stat from last night was the fact that we we only had 14 first downs. So it just continues to be a problem of moving the ball, and we had 11 first downs in the first half. So that means we only had three more first downs. There's no way I'm looking at that right. I hope I'm not looking at that right. Sorry, I'm just looking at my computer right here. And I mean, that's what it says. So if that's true, we only had three first downs in the second half. And that's just, you know, pitiful. We're not going to do anything uh, like that. We, we can't move the ball. They they punted once. We punted three times. Uh, we had six penalties for 65 yards. Some of them were so dumb. Like this dude would sit on our player and you know, pin him to the ground and then our guy's trying to get up all fast. And so he kind of pushes him and they call a, a foul on him. So there's some stupid things like that, but then also some very undisciplined things. Uh, they had a player on the ground, you know, kind of on his knees, not really close to the play. And we had a player come up and just push him over. And 
So it's frustrating. There's just a lack of discipline, and that's expected. When a season is this crap, you know, that type of stuff is expected. I think we're all just excited for it to be behind us and to get looking forward to the next season. Um, no more real updates on the head coaching uh, job. Frank Miley is growing in popularity, I believe, and I, I do actually really like him. I think how he's handled the situation with all the cancerous teammates and players is pretty good. And, uh, I, you know, I think Frank Miley deserves a look at I think he's a great recruiter, and he knows how to recruit Logan. He's been here so long. Uh, I also think Jay Hill would be fantastic as the head coach. But, you know, he is coming from an FCS program, and, and people do have worries about that. I don't. But, you know, we'll see. So no real updates from there. However, that is the status of the Aggie football team at the moment. Uh, let's see. We play next Saturday our very last game against Colorado State. And we'll see what happens. It's in Colorado, so it's going to be freezing cold, uh, probably like it was last night. And we'll just see what happens. We'll see what our guys do, see if we can bounce back or, or show some type of life. Um, I forgot. I was actually going to bring up at the very end of the game last night, they were they Air Force was just going to take a knee. There's about two minutes left, and they took a knee, expecting to just run the clock out. And we still had all three of our timeouts. So Frank Miley called a timeout. And got the team back out there. And I think as fans, we were like, oh my gosh, can we just go home? I'm freezing cold. I'm ready for this game to be over. I know Air Force, their players were chirping at our players just saying the game's already over. But to be honest, you know, I actually kind of liked Frank Miley using those timeouts. It ended us, the the defense was actually able to get a stop on fourth down. We were able to get the ball back. And then we were able to to run some plays and move the ball a little bit. You know, it didn't result in any points on the board. However, I think it was kind of Frank Miley's way of showing this team like, hey, we need fighters, you know, we need dogs, we need people that are going to fight in this game until the final whistle. And if if we're just giving up, if we're just done because it's cold and we're losing, then, then that's a losing mentality. And so I really hope that, you know, p- kids can learn from that. I don't know, because it was very late in the game and we only have one game left. But I I just really hope that we can flip this program around quick um, I remember growing up and this is kind of what Aggie football was, you know, we'd watch the games every, every week and this is kind of how they turned out. And so I hope that doesn't happen. I remember the first time we got to a bowl game in, in quite a few years under Gary Anderson and we were ecstatic and we were able to kind of keep continued success through those years and continue to go to bowl games and compete for the Mountain West title. And I just am wondering in my head how much longer it's going to be until we get back to you know, that is this going to be a year where this is the rebuilding year and the next year we come in and we've got it, or is it going to be two years or three years or, you know, who knows? So hopefully the Aggies can turn this around quicker than not. Uh, but we will see. So let's, uh, let's get into basketball here and let's go over the season that we've had so far. The Utah state men's basketball team is currently one and two. So we've won one games and we have lost, one, sorry, one game, and we have lost two games. So not the start that we hoped for. Uh, however, if you remember what I said in the last podcast, you know, I, this was kind of expected. We have a newer team, a younger team, and it takes time to gel. It takes time to really get their feet under them and, and get a feel for how, you know, Division One men's basketball is going to be. And so this was kind of expected. However, it was also pretty frustrating. Uh, the so the first game we played was against VCU. VCU, we had very little time to prepare for them, but 
same for them. They had very little time to prepare for us. We actually were up 10 points with 10 minutes left, and it was awesome. The team was moving the ball well. The players were playing great, and it, it looked really good. And then it kind of just all fell apart. The The VCU Rams went on like a 23-2 to run in, or sorry, sorry, 23-6 run, I believe, in the last 10 minutes of the game. And they were hitting shots, and we just did not know what to do. I think our only points came off of free throws with Kata, and so no one was, was making a shot or hitting a field goal. And this is also something that I talked about, is who's going to be that guy that's going to step up and make the shot? Um, it's, it's, it's a little disheartening, you know. We've noticed so far that our team is a team of runs, we can go on offensive runs where we get 10 points in a row, but then we also get into defensive slumps and offensive slumps where we can't shoot well and we can't get back on defense. And so, uh, you know, basketball is a game of runs. However, you have to have that guy in your team that can step up and put a stop to the run. You know, slow the game down, get your team back in it, you know, get everyone's breath underneath them. And I really hope that we can start using Kata more as that guy. I think when the game is starting to get out of hand or when they're, they're starting to go on a little bit of a run, the, the best medicine for that is to just get it down low to Kata and let him go to work. Uh, as we saw in the tournament, Kata was phenomenal. The only way they could stop him was by fouling him. He did miss a couple of jump hooks that were used to Kata hitting, so that was a little frustrating. But at the same time, it is the first, you know, first games of the season and every... You know, we, we hope that he can he can bounce back, but but Kata was playing great. He had 17 points in that first game against VCU. Justin actually Justin Bean had 13 points, only four rebounds, which is a little surprising. Uh, we're, we're used to a little bit more from him. Kata did have a double double with 10 rebounds, and then a couple guys worth noting: uh, Rolly Worcester, he or, or Wooster. I need to figure out how to say his last name because he is phenomenal. And guys, like I said, watch out. He is going to be. A great Aggie player for years to come. Roly Wooster is a he's got a phenomenal shot, a great handling of the game, and he's a true freshman. But the dude looks and plays like a senior. Uh, he plays like, you know, if there if 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 there's a guard on our team that can slow the game down and hit that shot, like I was talking about, I think it's going to be Roly on this team. Marco Anthony didn't have a great opening performance, uh, only six points. He did have five rebounds to that. But the biggest problem of the game was uh, turnovers. Utah State, we could not keep the ball in our hands. Uh, my stats just went out in front of me. But we had something like 17 total turnovers in that VCU game. And then against South, South Dakota State, I think we had 12. So turnovers are, are a pressing issue. And it's funny I say pressing because VCU, they run a press. And we just... We didn't know how to break it. Uh, we'd throw the ball in as fast as possible, and then they'd double our guys, and we would just freak out and throw the ball away. And that's very, very disheartening because quick teams can can press, and we saw that last year that if you don't have a guy that can break the press, it's very difficult. Now, you can turn the press against them, and, and if you can get the ball up quick, normally you have an easy shot, but we were not able to do that against VCU. We weren't prepared for that for them. And so that was frustrating. We should have won that game and we would have been playing Western Virginia in, or sorry, West Virginia in the second round. However, we did lose. So we played South Dakota State, which I know everyone's thinking in their heads, oh, it's South Dakota State. They must not be good. Well, that's wrong. They are fantastic. South Dakota State is a 
team of ballers. Uh, they do not look like it, but they truly are. They only lost eight games all last season. They won their conference uh, title, and I believe that they returned everybody. So I don't think they lost anybody. So they had a lot of seniors, a lot of guys that were used to playing with each other, and it showed. They were they were on fire. Uh, they couldn't miss. Although I do think some of that is something to, you know, to the fact that our our perimeter defense right now is struggling. And these teams that shoot threes normally shoot pretty high percentages on us. And I just think it's because we're letting them get open. They're good at moving the ball around. They're not even trying to get inside because when they do, Kate is there. But yeah, I mean, teams are, are normally having some pretty easy open shots when they're playing us. And good three-point teams will, will knock them down. Uh, they had a kid score 23, another score 16, another score 13, 10, 11. So they were just all over the map shooting on us. And they had great games. Uh, Kada had his probably, uh, you know, worst, I would say, even though it's still a pretty good game, of the tournament with 12 points and 8 rebounds and 3 assists. Uh, Justin only 5 points in that game. Roly only 9. Marco with 10. And uh, Stephen Ashworth, actually, with 8. So Stephen, offensively, hits, hit a couple good shots, which, once again, it's good to see the, to see the new guys come in and contribute is fantastic, but I mean, as I as I read that off, you could just tell there, there was very little offensive input in that game, and you know you're not going to win games scoring 59 points unless you're you're defending very very well, uh, which actually leads us to the last game of that Bad Boy Mowers Classic tournament, which we were in. Uh, Utah State played Northern Iowa, and Northern Iowa actually has a guy who A.J. Green is his name. He's probably going to go pro next year. He's fantastic shot, very quick, very strong, very athletic. And um, for for the most part, he was actually held in check. I know if you look at the box score, he still scored 24 points, which is true. But he played 37 minutes, so almost every minute of that game. And the reason why we won is because he wasn't getting the shots that he wanted to and he couldn't move the ball like he wanted to because Marco Anthony... Man, what a game from Marco Anthony, both on defense and on offense. He was he was huge for us in this game. Marco had 22 points on offense, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. And like I said, the stats that don't show are his defensive capabilities. And this is something that we talked about with Marco coming into the season, that his athletic body and his big frame and build are going to be very useful on defense against these more athletic guards. And that's what we saw with uh, with Marco. So hopefully, you know, we had to play him 35 minutes there. I think in the second half of that game, our bench had a combined six minutes total of playing time. So Coach Smith really just stuck to his guns and said, nope, my five guys, my starters, they're the ones doing everything right now. We can't take them out. We got to keep them in. And the starters answered, you know, 36 minutes from Justin, 31 minutes from Kada, 38 from Roly, 35 from Marco. 31 from Brock. Uh, so, I mean, our starters played big minutes this game, but they all had big contributions. Justin and uh, Nimi both with 10 rebounds and 15 points. Roly Worcester also had 17 points. Uh, Brock Miller had 9 points, and he hit some big shots where, like just like I said, they started going on a run, coming back from behind, and who was it? It was Brock. Brock was hitting these big threes, three after three, that kind of kept him at bay and just kept the momentum with our team. And so if we can have Brock be that guy, I, I am stoked. Uh, he was playing great defense as well. So great game from Brock Miller. Uh, 
And, you know, judging off that last game, that's it's exciting. It's exciting to see the team come together so quick and gel, uh, gel just like they did in that tournament. And Northern Iowa, they're, they're a good team. You know, they're not scrubs. They're Like I said, they have an NBA player on their roster. So they're, they're a good team. And, you know, we wish all these guys that we just played the, to have the best seasons because it looks us look uh, makes us look better. So hopefully they do. But um, once again, proud of the Aggies for how they battled in this tournament. It was a grind, but, you know, in the end, we, we got that win. We got the first win of the season, so we just got to shake the other two off and, and uh, get ready for tomorrow night's game against BYU, or as I like to call them, YBU. Um, so the Cougars are coming into this game 4-1. and one. They have, you know, obviously just from that, they've played five games. We've only played three. And so they're going to have a little bit of an advantage with that. They're going to be a little bit more gelled. They're also a young team. However, uh, their coach did a good job of recruiting, and they they got shooters just like they always do. And this BYU team looks a little bit more like a live-by-the-three, die-by-the-three team. And, you know, it shows in their games. Uh, They shoot 38% from three, which is relatively high. And, uh, yeah, I mean, BYU's a good team. They're always a good team. We finally get them in the spectrum in three years. And of course, you know, we can only have 1,500 fans there. So that kind of sucks. Uh, that's always the one of the most fun games to be able to go to as a student. And only 500 students will be able to go to that game. Luckily, I got a ticket, so I will be able to be there. And trust me, you will be able to hear me. Um, I will be heckling the crap out of those guys. And hopefully, you'll be able to hear me on TV as well. So, yeah, I'm very interested to see what happens with this BYU game. Uh, They always have a lot of confidence and a lot of swagger when they play. And I hope that our team can have the same, especially with this breaking news. Uh, Not really breaking news because it's been out for a day or two now. But Coach Smith actually won't be at the game. He was diagnosed. He's got COVID. And luckily, none of our players do or other coaches do. So I have no idea how that happens. But Coach Smith will be watching the game from his home. And that sucks. You know, like I said, it's just, it always seems like finally when we get BYU at home, uh, they, they catch a break and something happens. And in this case, it's COVID and uh, Coach Smith won't be there. And so I don't think I know who's going to be the the coach. I don't know if the coaches know who's going to be kind of that next man up. I don't know if we will have kind of a head coach or if we'll just kind of do coaching by committee. But either way, this is a game that our players are going to have to step up and our players are going to have to make plays. And, you know, that's every game, especially in basketball. But the players are really going to have to make plays here because this BYU team is good. They they did get blown the heck out against USC, which I think they have a pretty good team. They're not phenomenal, but, you you know, BYU, they shot the ball very poorly and, and they couldn't do anything else. And so USC exposed them. They had a good bounce back win against St. John's by a couple of points. And if I'm reading this right, I do believe that Utah State, we are actually favored by two points in this uh, BYU matchup. So it's going to be close. It should be close. It always is with BYU. And I really hope that we can that we can get a win out of this game. Um, this Utah State basketball team, we've got a lot of killers on this team. We've got a lot of guys that are great and will be great going forward. However, if we cannot learn how to play as a team, how to gel, how to turn the ball over less, and then how to play better defense, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a long night, uh, especially if we cannot play perimeter defense against this good shooting BYU team. And, uh, you know, their Alex Barcello, I think is his name, is kind of their star player right now. He just throws up about 33s a game, and 
and he gets a good amount of them to fall in. And so, you know, we got to step out on him. We're going to have to guard him very well. I think we'll probably put Marco Anthony on him. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably see a similar starting five rotation that we did in the tournament, which was Marco at the one or at the two, Roly at the one and the two kind of interchangeable there. Um, I believe we went with Brock at the three, Justin Bean at the four, and Nemius Keda at the five. So if there's a game that Keda can eat and is a, is a game that Keda needs to eat, it's this one against BYU. I was hoping that we'd be able to schedule kind of a prep game before the BYU game just because it's now been about a week and a half, I believe, since we played a full you know, basketball game and, and they're just coming off one. So, you know, who knows? But I hope our team can get hot. They can stay hot. First game in the spectrum. It's going to be so good just to be back in that building and to watch our Aggies play. So that is at 7 p.m. our time, Mountain Daylight time. If you're a student, uh, make sure you're watching that game. Because like I said, it, it sucks that not everyone will be able to be there. But at the same time, we got to make the most of it and uh, we'll give them hell. So that's kind of wrapping it up, wrapping it up guys. Uh, this was a little bit of a longer podcast. Or let's see, how, how much time did we go here? Time around 28 minutes. Yeah, no, that's right around where we normally are. So uh, going forward, I do promise to be posting more frequently. I've been talking with our producers a little bit about... Uh, sort of, sort of an idea I had to do an episode, you know, around a 30 minute episode like this per week around every Monday, just kind of previewing that, that next week's, uh, sports, you know, the, the feel what's going to happen, uh, you know, talk about the games, but then I would like to release kind of shorter, just kind of thoughts and quick breakdowns of each game right after they happen. And those will be about 10 minute, 15 minute segments. So I don't know if I'll release those in podcast form or if I'll release those on our Instagram, which we're still getting, uh, we're still getting our logo, our Instagram. And so I, I appreciate your guys support this early on for listening. And I promise it's going to get a lot better. You know, I'm still recording from my home just because that's the way things have been with COVID. And, and so hopefully we'll get back into the studio soon. We'll be able to get back to delivering some high quality content for you guys. And if you have any ideas of things that we can do to be more interactive uh, with you guys and, and with the students, we, we'd love to do that. I am hoping to get a lot more interviews with players. So that might be another thing that uh, hopefully, you know, I can get an interview after every game with a player to just kind of break down the game and and what happened and, and we'll see. So we'll see how I release all that. We'll see how we go about it, but thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I do appreciate it. It's fun when my friends and family and, and just some random people reach out to me and say, Hey, I listened to your podcast you know, everything's going great or, Hey, I listen to your podcast and you've got a horrible take. So I, I truly do enjoy it. I love talking to my family and friends about it and, uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue forward. So thank you for listening and for the breakdown and the Statesman, my name is Cole Noel and you've been listening to the breakdown. Have a good day.